So today we're celebrating the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And in today's readings, God is insisting that we be aware that he is at work in politicians and those that govern people. God is truly almighty and can bring good about good in every situation, even when we or those who govern resist his word. All of us are called by the scriptures to acknowledge that God is truly God and all-powerful and in charge of all that happens. Such a view of our world does not leave out our own self-will by which we choose either to follow the word of God or to reject his word. The first reading today is from prophet Isaiah. This passage tells of the presence of the God of Israel in the life of Cyrus. There are many references to Cyrus in the Old Testament because it was under Cyrus that the Babylonian captivity came to an end and the Jewish people were able to return to their own land and rebuild the temple. What is important in this reading is that it is God who is acting through Cyrus who is not Jewish. Even non-Jewish and later even non-Christian rulers can be and are used by the Lord to bring about his will and his plans. So in the gospel today, the Pharisees and Herodians are using money to try and set a trap for Jesus. But before I get into that, I wanna tell you a little story. Recently, a parishioner heard his wife call out, come quick, our baby swallowed a quarter. As he was checking the baby out, his wife asked, is he going to be okay? Do we need to call a doctor? He said, a doctor won't do any good. You better call Father Dave. Father Dave, his wife exclaimed, is our baby going to die? The man replied, no, but Father Dave can get money out of anybody. think I've ever seen him blush before. <laughs> so the Pharisees, who were religious leaders, hated Jesus so much, they made an alliance with their enemies, the Herodians, who were a Jewish political party that supported Herod and were loyal to the Romans, and they also hated Jesus. Their question about paying the tax to Caesar was intended to corner Jesus. If Jesus condemned paying the tax, the Herodians would charge him with treason for opposing to pay the tax to Rome. If he supported paying the tax, he'd be in trouble with the Pharisees for being an unfaithful Jew and supporting Rome. But Jesus saw through this trap and asked them whose image was on the Roman coin. When they replied that it was Caesar's image, he told them, then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God, what belongs to God. Jesus very deliberately used the word image. Because the coin had Caesar's image on it, it was his. And there was no religious compromise in giving back to Caesar what already belonged to him. But as we already know, there's always more to the scripture. 
We are all made in the likeness and image of God, so we are being reminded that we belong to God and are called to repay him. We do this by offering ourselves to him in all that we do. Repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God. What belongs to God is sometimes used to argue that Jesus advocated for the total separation of church and state. This is not true. In fact, the opposite is true. The church teaches that participation in political life is a moral obligation. We are all aware that we have an upcoming election which makes today's gospel timely. It reminds us that our vote is not something that is separate from our faith. It's an expression of it. It doesn't matter if we are a Republican, Democrat, Independent, or any other political affiliation. We are all first foremost Catholic. And being Catholic means we have some moral responsibilities. In the document, Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops say in part, as Catholics, we are called to participate in public life in a manner consistent with the mission of the Lord. Catholics have a serious and lifelong obligation to form their consciences in accord with human reason and the teaching of the church. Conscience is not something that allows us to justify doing whatever we want, nor is it a mere feeling about what we should or should not do. Rather, conscience is the voice of God resounding in human hearts, revealing the truth to us and calling us to do what is good while shunning what is evil. For all Catholics, our participation in political parties should be influenced by our faith, not the other way around. We should not let the party transform us in such a way that we neglect or deny fundamental moral truths or approve intrinsically evil acts. We know that the core of Catholic moral teaching is the dignity of human being and the right to life is the fundamental right that makes all other rights possible. The bishops go on to say, the threat of abortion remains our priority because it directly attacks life itself, because it takes place within the sanctuary of the family, and because of the number of lives destroyed. The direct and intentional destruction of innocent human life from the moment of conception until natural death is always wrong and is not just one issue among many. Abortion is never morally acceptable it must always be opposed. So we are called to practice Christ's commandment to love one another and to share our blessings with God that God has given us with those most in need to protect the dignity of the weak, the vulnerable, and the voiceless, feeding the hungry and housing the homeless. Every human being has the right to food, shelter, education, employment, housing, health care, and freedom of religion and family life. As Catholics, we may choose how we respond to compelling social problems, but we cannot choose on our moral obligation to help protect the weak and vulnerable and to ensure that human rights and dignity are defended 
from the moment of conception to natural death. We should be guided by our, our moral convictions and not by our attachment to a political party or an interest group. We must know that our political choices and moral issues faced by all of us not only have an impact on our society, but also affects our individual salvation. Issue one has been very divisive, it has been a very divisive issue in our state, and it can be very uncomfortable subject regardless of your political party affiliation. We have a moral obligation to know what issues we are voting on and to carefully examine our conscience to make sure it is properly formed. We know that issue one has a lot of dangerous wording and is particularly dangerous to our unborn. As Catholics, we need to, actually we must defend life from conception to natural death. We need, we need to promote other options to pregnant women, like adoption. There are many agencies the Catholic Church supports that are offered to any woman, no matter their faith, to help them deal with a pregnancy or to help them heal from the effects of an abortion. In Newark, we have heartbeats of Licking County. They do great work in our community, like offering clothes, classes, counseling, and even do ultrasounds. Issue one also threatens our parental rights. By using the word individual instead of adult or woman, anyone under the age of 18 could have an abortion or make any other reproductive decisions, reproductive decisions without their parents' consent or notification. The Catholic Church has a responsibility to speak out on clear moral issues, not necessarily saying how things should be done or not done, but saying why. It is for the church to speak out about the welfare of the poor, the protection of the unborn, the human rights of migrants, the necessity and responsibility and honesty on moral issues that we are all facing today. The Catholic bishops of Ohio are recommending all Catholics vote no on issue one. Don't take your Catholic moral responsibilities lightly. Know the issues and vote using a well-informed conscience in the light of what is good, true, and beautiful. <laughs>